Well, we're back on Go and Be. This is the eighth, eighth uh, time we've talked about Go and Be, and we're still in Exodus chapter 6 this week, and we'll, uh, we'll probably won't be there next week because of the Memorial Day weekend, but uh, we'll probably be on this for, oh, until we get to the Red Sea. I've got the plugs coming up. And I, if you'll pay attention to these sermons uh, and, pay it, and really just uh, go home and research and, and dig deep, uh, one of the things I want you to understand is, is I talked about this a zillion times, the Bible's our instruction book, basic instruction before leaving earth. And as we go through these, we can see the people that have gone before us and see how their lives, how God works in their lives, and it's the instructions for us, and this is how God works. Uh, this is it. This is his word. He doesn't work outside of his word. Well, it's coming down. I'm glad you're in here. He does not work outside of his word. Um, he just doesn't. He, he, he's a perfect God. He's got a perfect word, and he doesn't need any more than his word. So pay attention to these sermons. They'll help you. In Exodus 5, we learned that, um, that the people had a, had a uh, we called it the bubble being popped, and People had a, had a they, Moses was going to go to Pharaoh and he was going to say, let my people go. And, and all the people and Moses, everybody thought that it was just going to be just like that. And they found out not so easy. And, and God, uh, God wanted to redirect them. And, 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 and we have a God that wants to uh, not cause us trouble, but cause us growth. And sometimes that, that, that it looks like, boy, that's just more aggravation and more trouble in my life than I need. What he's doing, he's trying to, to grow you to understand who he is. And those that are patient, those that are truly seeking God, those who truly want to change, will change. You know, one of the things I wrote down this week is that nobody is a little bit saved. You're either saved or you're, or you're not. And, 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 you know, one of, the, one of the persecutions that I'll go through a lot of times is that, oh, they're, they're, they just try to be some kind of super Christian. No, I don't. I just try to be what God's Word says. That's, that's all I try to be is what God's Word said. Now, if you call that a super Christian, you do whatever you want to. I don't care. But that's all I'm trying to do is stay close to God's Word with my life. That's all I'm doing. And uh, so many people, uh, for whatever reason, they don't want to do that. They want to make it up as they go. And I think God's going to bless that. And it's never going to happen that way. And they'll, they'll run and hide and go whatever they do. Uh, we're not super Christians, we're just Christians, amen? We're just Christians following the Word of God the best we can. I want my life to follow Him, I want it to be, I'm supposed to be, have Christ in me, which I do, and therefore I'm growing more like Christ. I'm not growing away from Christ, I'm growing towards Christ to be more like Him. And that's what God is, is, is trying to, going to attempt to do uh, with the people of Israel, in the Hebrews here, in, in Exodus. Uh, and it takes great lessons to learn these things. I mean, if you're not, if you're not in it for the long haul, well, you're not in it at all. It takes lessons. It takes a, a, lot, of, a lot of responsibility to, to grow up, to go to, to the commitment that you made to God and uphold that commitment. And therefore, it's going to be tough. Uh, it's nowhere in this Bible that says that, that, that everything is going to be a, a, a cakewalk and there's bubble gum on every, every end of everything. It's not that way. Now, once you grow up in Christ, you're going to learn that everything is God's blessings upon us. But you've got to get past that, that, that place in your life that says, no, I want to do God this way, and if God doesn't do it this way, then I don't want to go there. You've got to get past that. You've got to let God grow you up. And that's what God's doing here in Exodus. These people are, there's going to be great demands come upon them, their lives. And he's give, God's going to give them the opportunity to see who he is more than anybody on the face of the earth. See who he is, that they will follow his instructions. Will they do it? No, not all the time. But God gives them the opportunity to see who he is. And I, one of the things we'll talk about this, it's called building fortitude. And fortitude is, is, is kind of like a power word for trust. It's, it's, it's I need to just build this fortitude in my life that no matter what the world brings at me, no matter what uh, the persecutions that come, no matter what anything comes at me, I am grounded in God. And that's what God is attempting to do in my life, attempting to do in everybody's life that accepted him in, the, in their life. If you've accepted Christ in your life, then expect God to ground your life and to go through these things that we can learn who he is. 
You know, in the, first, in the fifth chapter, everybody just thought God was going to do all the work and do everything. That never was God's plan. And then they get all mad and all upset, and we'll see it in chapter 6. We're only going to pick out a few verses, but we'll see it in chapter 6 where Moses goes back to the people. God says, go back, tell them this, tell them who I am, and they'll go back, and then I'm going even listen to him anymore. <laughs> they done jump ship. But God didn't give up on them. He's just not going to get involved with your drama. Amen? He ain't he got no part of your drama. He's not really interested in your drama. He's interested in your soul, your heart, and where you're going with him. He's not interested in your gossip. That's why you know, these people, they just grumble and complain, and you can just imagine all these millions of people, whoever he was, and God didn't do what they thought that he was going to do. He didn't let him go here right off the bat. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 boy. Starts the drama. Well, I want you, first thing I want you to learn is God's not interested in your drama. He's interested in you becoming more like him. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we ask you to bless this message, Father, that you bless this time, and, and Lord, uh, uh, Lord, that you make us uncomfortable, that, uh, that we just don't sit here and hear a few words and walk out and, oh, that was nice. That we really have to search our own souls to see if we are grounded in you. If we have fortitude in you, Father, that we can withstand the storms, withstand all the things that come after us. And Father, that, that's, that's all you're trying to help us with, is just to, to stand with you. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Now, I've lost my monitor this morning because i got a new computer up there, so I'm probably going to walk down there a little bit today. The building blocks of fortitude cannot be built without disappointments and accomplishments. The building blocks of fortitude cannot be built without disappointments and accomplishments. You know, every time I'm disappointed, if I look around, I'll see the accomplishments that God's trying to show me. Every time I think that, that I'm, off, I'm off key or off thing, I, I, I said, Vicky, I, you know, we have this church is a, is a I'm just going to say, this church is a strange church. It, it's strange. Uh, we don't have a lot of older people that, that are here every, every, every week, no matter what goes on. Uh, we've got people that come in this church and stick around for a few months, and out the door they go. And, and, uh, and I always tell you, you either change or you leave, you change or you leave. I guess you, sooner or later you're going to believe me there, aren't you? I mean, don't you see enough people come and go? <laughs> see, I'm not going to change my preaching. I thought I said, Vicky, I said, you know, maybe I ought to try to quit preaching so harsh. She said, maybe I ought to ask God. <laughs> it's not that I preach harsh. It's that I preach truth. Amen. And truth, when we're not living by it, is harsh. Although it's not. God is trying to help us live in this life. Y'all, do you spend much time looking around you and see what's going on in the world? And do, do you see yourself maybe just separated from the world? I mean, can you really notice that you are different from the world? That, you, that, that maybe your mindset and the way you think, and I'm not talking about uh, Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberals, communists, uh, capitalist. I'm, not I'm, just, I'm talking about godly people. That you really just look around and say, man, this is not, wow, this is not me. They, they squabble and gripe and complain over anything and everything. You know, it, it just seems like this world is not my home at all. And the more we become closer to God and, and, and God reveals his word to us and we, we say, okay, God, I want to I be what you want me to be, the more we separate from the world. And that's what God wants to do here in Egypt. He's wanting to separate his people from Egypt. Now, I'll tell you something. We'll talk about this a little bit as we go on. God needs to get Egypt out of you. Amen? Amen. In other words, that sin has got to get, you got to get sick of it. I mean, you just got to get fed up with it. And you got to decide, I don't want to even think about that anymore. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to think about it. I don't want no part of it. You need to get sick of it. And Egypt needs to be out of you. 
And if it's not out of you, you will always return to it. And that's what these people did here and here. God's given us the understanding of what happens when Egypt doesn't get out of you. Now, we have the cross today. We have Jesus Christ. We have sin that is removed from our lives. It is forgiven from our lives through the cross. Now, at this time, they didn't have that yet. But God had Moses and Aaron, and he was given the word to him. He was given the miracles to see. And they refused, but God still loved them. He still works with them, amen? He still calls them. He still wants them as his children. It's the way he is with us. He loves us. But he wants to separate us from the world. So how can I, how can I get this fortitude in my life? If I really want that, then I have to be sick of sin. I can't play and jump in the pool with it, jump in the lake with it, and act like it's no big deal. Some people say, well, Jesus went to the bars. He went there. He may have went, but he didn't hang out. Amen? Amen. He went, he gave them the truth, and he walked out. He didn't hang out with them. You got to quit hanging out with it. You give them the truth. You're separate from that. And then we'll start in 1 Peter. Let's go right here. 1 Peter Chapter, <clears throat> what it is, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. I use these verses all the time, too. I love these two verses. It's First Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It says, but you are a chosen generation. You, the church. You're chosen. Now you, you've got to get, unless some people I don't understand these chosen stuff. Don't go too, you don't have to go so deep into it. You're chosen. God's separating you from the world. He's called you out. And he didn't call you out to be a little bit saved. He called you out to be all the way. Amen? All the way. And he, gotta, he wants to allow you to know that Egypt cannot stay in you, that this, Egypt represents this nation of sin, this nation that everybody wants to go to and act like it's, it's something great. And it's not. They're in slavery. Now we've got people in slavery, and we've got people that are living there. See, they're two separate people. Now, I'm not in slavery to sin anymore. Do I sin? Yeah, I do. I still make mistakes in my life, but I don't want to anymore. That's the difference. And I'm covered under the blood of Christ. Now, if I just go out and sin willfully like it's no big deal, well, am I really saved? Well, I don't know. You better check with God on that one. But he says we'll know each other by our fruit. Amen? Amen. Now, it doesn't harm me to get persecuted. It's okay. You know what? That encourages me. Because I really recognize that people see that I am separate. I can't help what they say about you or me or the church. That's their deal. But it lets me understand that we are different. We're separate. It says right here in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, it says, But you, but you are chosen, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. Now, how many of you can go around and people say, Well, they're a royal priesthood? I mean, does your life reflect that? You say, well, boy, here we go again. He's going to beat me up again. No, 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 no. I'm trying to encourage you that we can be a part of this royal priesthood. Now, you're going to have to have fortitude in your life. I'm going to mention that word over and over again today. You're going to have to have fortitude in life. You're going to have to be grounded. I mean, you've you, you got to be able to, to, to take that dirt and, and open it up like a farmer would do and, and plant that seed of fortitude in your life. Cover it back up and, and water it and take care of it and grow it and go every day and pull the weeds away from it so it can be free to grow as it's called to grow. For you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Look at that. We're chosen, we're royal, a priesthood, and a holy nation. Are you holy? Is this church doing its best it can to be holy? And holy means separate from the world. It means separate, different. That's exactly what God's trying to do here. He's, trying to, he's going to separate Israel from Egypt. A separation. And that's what we're called to be, separate. So when I go out and look at the world, I say, man, this world, I don't recognize it. It's because I'm not of it anymore. Now, I used to live in it. Live for the almighty dollar and all that stuff, and I was more like the world than I was more like God. But as I become this understanding who God is in my life, 
I go the other way. And I start to grow more in God and I start to look more. And do we look funny to the world? Absolutely. And say amen over that one. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own. Everybody say special people. I'm special. And we'll tell kids that, well, I'm special. You're special. God says we're special. Y'all get that? Now, what, what's Peter trying to do here? He's trying to encourage us. You're not just a chosen generation. You're not just a royal priesthood. You're not just a holy, but you are special to God. Amen? You're special to God. And, and you know what? You're so special to God, he, it's worth dying for, for you. Uh-oh. Special to God. Every time you, you think that you're going the wrong way or something's wrong, understand you're special to God. And he's directing your lives. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Special people that you may proclaim. Man, I could just preach on this one sermon forever. You may proclaim. What's proclaim? Everybody say, go and be. Go and be. <laughs> go and be. That you may, you may proclaim, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of what? Darkness into his what? Everybody read that last two words for me. Light. What kind of light? Marvelous light. Don't you love those words? Marvelous light. It's not, it's not a, a, a light that's fading. It's not a light of any. It's a marvelous light. It's a light that people can't take their eyes off of. It's a light that has beauty. It's a light that has integrity and character. It has fortitude. It doesn't change with the winds. It's a beautiful light. So now I would ask yourselves, as, as you read these, this verse, you've got to say, is that me? Is Egypt still in me? Or am I allowing God to pull Egypt out of me? You say, well, I'm saved. Well, Amen. Are you still playing in the playground of Egypt? Are you? Why? I thought you were saved. Are you a little saved? <laughs> hard, hard answer, isn't it? Are you are just a little bit saved? You got a little bit in the ass. I understand baby Christians. I understand new Christians. I understand teenage Christians. I understand Christians in, their, in, the, in, a, in a spiritual 20-year-olds. I understand those things. I understand Christians in their spiritual 30-year-olds. I understand Christians in their spiritual 40-year-olds. What I don't understand is Christians returning to Egypt when there's no need for it. I can tell you, your trust and your faith and your fortitude is weak at best. My family would argue with me, maybe some of them over this. Maybe other people would too. We're not all called to be super Christians now. We're all called. And we got one Bible. What are you called to? It says here in verse 10, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. I was, when mercy rolled in, love came with it, and change took hold. Amen? If you're determined, if you're determined, God will build your fortitude. He will if you're determined, we get tired, we get frustrated, we have bad days. I understand all that. I don't want you to have a bad life. We live in this flesh that, that fights with us and, and tries to rip families apart, and that's what Satan does, is loves to rip families apart. God wants to orchestrate your life. You ever go to the, uh, 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 what do they call the music? Then I've lost the word. Come on, come on. God stands up, huh? Orchestra, right. And that guy stands up here, and if it was me, you'd always see the bald spot 
you know, but I'm standing up here doing this. And, and everybody, if you notice, they're kind of paying attention to that guy. And whatever he's doing, I don't know what he's doing because I don't understand none of that. I just got his hands up flying, usually a long stick of flying. But boy, doesn't, isn't it pretty? Even if you don't like that kind of music, isn't it beautiful? It all has a great rhythm and a great sound to it. It's just beautiful. And that's how God wants to work in your life, just to orchestrate your life, to be the conductor of your life, that your life is something beautiful. Now, he's going to have to spend time with you, and you're going to have to spend time with God. And you're going to have to allow these things to, to work through your life. So, you know, now what I want is I want a church that, that is not a shallow church, a church that can overcome drama, that can overcome gossip, that you'll truly trust God. Amen? Amen. Now, you're going to have to go through some battles. You're going to have to, to get your bubbles popped. You're going to have to build fortitude in your life and allow God to do that. You're going to have to allow God to be the owner of your life. Amen? Now, we, we, the basic thing is you've got to surrender to God. Let's all go home. That's all we need to say, right? Go home and eat some fried chicken or something. But see, if it was that easy, then everybody would be doing it. But God gave us 66 books of instructions on how to surrender our life. And he starts here in Exodus showing us if we'll just pay attention to this. If we'll just pay attention. Your lives become lives of fortitude, of strength, of power. Now you want to go out and Talk to people about Jesus Christ. One of the things you're going to know right off the bat is that most people don't want to hear it. Now, that can get to you. And you'll sit back, well, why get your head a little bit, a little more hair come out? It's like, why don't they want to hear it? They're separate from you. They don't understand it. They have not a clue of what exodus means. They don't have a clue about this. But you have to have the fortitude to hang in there, to love them, to show them grace, to overlook the things that they may be doing and pray for those things you see. Now, when I say overlook, I mean they're not you. They don't have the wisdom and the knowledge that you might have. It's going to take time. You know, when, when you got not a little bit saved, but a whole lot saved, and, and, and uh, Mike, you go to school, and, and George, you're great at this, and a lot of people are really good at this. Did God ever, I do this all the time, don't I? Did God ever do that one thing to you guys? No. If you want God, just ask him. But that means you're committed. Don't expect this to happen. It will not happen. A doctor that wants to become a doctor, he spends years studying how to be a doctor, doesn't he? You want to become a doctor of Jesus Christ, you're going to have to spend years. There's no magic wand. There's no magic anything. It's called the Word of God, the truth of God, the love of God, and you can have it if you want it. It says here, eyes open. Go ahead, John, if you're not a bear. God's plan is to take Egypt out of us. Amen? That's his plan. I mean to strip it out of you, to take it out of you, completely out of you. He's going to do it through love. He'll do it through his power and his word. He'll do it through the sacrifice, the cross, or whatever it takes. But you've got to see him working. Amen? You've got to see him working. Now, if I want these accomplishments like I talked about in the very first time, I love to see God working. I love to just share God stories. And, th and that's what I do when I go out and, and talk to people. God will, will bring back the God stories that he wants you to share right now with people. Now, I may have told you my God stories so many times. Some of these, I don't get sick of hearing your God stories. Well, I got a lot of God stories. But I always tell the ones that come back to my memory at first. Share your God stories. They're your testimonies. Those are the things that, that God has given you that you can recognize who he is in your life even more. It's like these miracles that God does. It's a miracle in your life. I have to have a, some surgery done. Uh, I'll be doing it on June the 19th. It's my face. I'm going to get a different face. I've got, a lot of you know, I got this, you can just watch my face, I got a big hump over here. I've had it since I was five years old. 
It gets bigger, it gets smaller. It goes up and down. It's all infected. It's always infected. It's always painful. Uh, I actually have on both sides of my face, but this one, you look at this side more. When somebody's looking at me, they're staring at this side because that's the one that's always swollen. Right now, it's swollen, but not near as bad. Well, they have the technology now, and I can get it done where they have to remove these glands. They're going to, they're going to cut me down through here, put my face over here. I said, they stretch that dude when you put it back together, too. <laughs> Vicky said, well, just be one side. I, go, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, they're going to remove these things out of my, out of my, out of my face. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, that sounds pretty hairy, but the doctor acted like it was no big deal. And to him, it's not, but it's not his face. So we go in there, and Wednesday with the specialist, and they're going to tell me what they do and all that. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to fill the left ear anymore. But they will take all this infection out, and I should not get infection anymore and, and hopefully live without constant pain. So, they said, well, the closest thing we have uh, for surgery is probably August, two or three months out. He's booked up that far. I said, well, I really want June 19th. I gave him a Pacific date. June 19th, and me and Vicky says, I think Vicky said, well, that'd be a God thing, because she said they were booked up. Two days later, she calls and says, you're going on June 19th. You know what? I already knew I was going on June 19th. She didn't know it, but I knew it because I know my God. And there's a specific reason on June 19th, I'm just not telling you that why now. So I'll have, when I go into June 19th, I'll have surgery done exactly the day I wanted to do it. I'll be fine. Maybe I'll quit living so much pain, it's going to be good. But that's just, a, that's just this little God story. See, really, actually, it's a big God story because she said she was booked. Do you see what I'm saying? And I had a reason for June 19th. She gave it to me. God gave that to me. And that's what he wants to do with all of our lives if we just pay attention. In Exodus 6.1, it's a beautiful verse. We're going to do a few of them today. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see. Now, first of all, look at the word see. Your eyes open. When God does these things in your lives, recognize it. Give him glory for it. Amen? You got to see it. That's the accomplishments that God does in your life. See it. God says, then the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. Well, see, so far everybody's looking at God and God's not done anything yet. In fact, he's done exactly the opposite of what they thought he would be doing. And God's not going to get interested in their drama. Moses is going to go to them. They're, going to, they're not even going to pay attention to Moses anymore. And God, Moses is going to go back to God and say, they're not even listening to me anymore. They don't heed your words. That doesn't stop God, does it? Your drama never stopped God. The things in your life, they don't stop God. He's going to keep going, amen? amen? He's going to keep changing us. And you can either go or not. You can either turn around and get back out of the way, go somewhere else, whatever you want to do, but God's going to go. Now he's inviting us to go because he's calling us this royal priesthood. We're chosen. He wants us to go. He wants us to become mature Christians, to be, have this fortitude that we can live our lives with great peace. We can rest in the accomplishments that he does in our lives. So God's going to go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand. What kind of hand? What kind? What kind? Everybody say strong. strong. Is your God strong? Amen. Can your God do anything? Yes. Don't you need to be reminded of that once in a while? Yes. I, think, I think Moses needed to be reminded of that once in a while. He's a strong God. He's got a strong hand. And Pharaoh doesn't hold anything to God. Now, Pharaoh represents the devil. Satan, Egypt represents the hold of sin, the slavery. He doesn't represent... He can't do anything to God. So with a strong hand... He will let them go, and with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. Now, okay, how many of you believe that? He said, well, I read, it. I read the last chapter. I believe it. No, do you really believe it? Because, see, that chapter is somewhere in your life right now. Do you really believe that chapter in your life? I mean, do you really believe it? Because whatever's going on in your life, you've got to believe these things. Amen? I mean, if you want to build trust and fortitude with God, you've actually got to believe it. You've got to hold on to it, accept it. 
And as we do that, God gives us these blessings, blessings of accomplishments. And we see it up and close. Go ahead, please. Everybody get that over a wall. Everybody. They're, they're watching me live. Okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> they're up at the hospital watching. And technology something else. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, I, I, I put those two up there for a reason. <clears throat> because I, I've seen God working in their lives drastically. Drastically. And Mike and Mary, you know about your son. That boy's got a hot temper, doesn't he? He's big, too. He could probably just pretty near kill you if he wanted to. Not. God is building fortitude in their lives. And for the, well, uh, some of you don't know, some of you may not know who they are. They're, they're members of the church here. They have been for quite a while. Chris lost his family, two, two children and his wife in a fire down the road here. Melanie lost her husband in a car wreck several years ago. They both had one child apiece. Allie's running around here somewhere. So is, where's, the, where's, where's, the, where's the boy? Ethan's right there. Say hi, Ethan. Ethan, I hear good things about you. I hear it all, Ethan. I hear good things about you. If you allow God to take you through these things, then on the other side, that fortitude that he wants to build in your lives will come out. Amen? This family has gone through more than any of us that I know of in here that can go through. They still stand on the love of Christ. Amen? Amen. They have not wavered. They stand on the love of Christ. Are, are they grown up, mature Christians? Not yet. Not yet. But they're working on it. Amen? Amen? They're not a little bit saved. They're a whole lot saved. They got it all. And they're willing to let anything in this world, anything that Satan wants to throw at them, they're willing to trust God in anything in this world. Look at the accomplishment. Yesterday morning, 10-pound baby. Amen? Amen? You know what? They're not, they're not in their 20s either. God bless them. I bet they're in church next week. Well, you bet. <laughs> I read he had, they had a shirt on him yesterday. I told somebody while ago I read his shirt. And I, was up there, I was up there yesterday morning, prayed with him before she went in, then went back and saw the baby. Had a shirt on that said, uh, or a saw shirt that said, uh, just did nine months in, in, inside. <laughs> it was cute. They're wonderful people, aren't they? Everybody say hi to them. They're on, they're, they can hear you. Fortitude means trusting the Lord through every challenge. Amen? Amen? Every challenge. And every blessing, believing God will take us past our own capabilities, our own capabilities, to walk through faith's open door. Now, I know Chris, he, he won't mind if I talk about him a little bit. Because I'm trying to teach you about fortitude. These people in Israel and, and Egypt at this time, these are the things they were, they have to go through these things. We have to go through these things in our life to get where God's taking us. Some of us not so drastic as others, but, but some of us even more drastic. It's great challenges. Somewhere along the line, I remember we would uh, talk with Chris, and uh, I, I remember one night, I think it was maybe his mom and dad were there. I know Bill was there, Sandy may have been there, and I was there. And I noticed Chris not really accepting what had happened. And he'll know this night. He'll remember this night because I remember it like it was night and day. I remember getting on my knees and getting in front of him and telling him to let these things go. Bill, I don't know if you remember that night. It was a breakthrough. It was a breakthrough. Amen? Amen. I'm telling you what. Every one of us, as, as, a, as, as a Christian, we have to have a breakthrough. 
We have to really decide, am I going to hold this stuff in or am I really going to let it go? Let it go. I'm going to tell you what, if you keep hanging on to your history, it's going to interfere with your future. Amen? Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let God build the trust and the fortitude he wants to in your life. And up until that time, I could see that that boy was going to lose it. And I believe I got him, I can't remember, Bill, if you remember, I believe I got on my knees and just begged with him and pleaded with him to let that go that night. He got on his knees, he cried like a little baby. He deserved it. And I think that was a big breakthrough for him. That night, God says, I can use you. Now, does Chris got a long way to go? Yeah, so do I. So do I. We all do. But we're going, amen? amen? Now, Israel, their problem is they weren't really sure anymore if they wanted to go. God didn't work the way things, way things he wanted to work. Well, I'm sure Chris didn't think his, God was working in his family the way he thought he wanted to work. But God's going to take them, Amen? I gotta hurry. Dang on it. If you want Egypt out of you, I mean, if you're really tired, some of you just—I know some of you just sick of some things you're doing in your life. I mean, some of you—I know you are. I see it in your eyes. I see it when you talk to me. You just—you just really sick of it. And you, you don't know how to, to get rid of it. You've got to have this breakthrough. You gotta let it go. God will still start building in you fortitude that when these things come after you, you can stand on the word of God. And you can, you can open up his word. And I don't like to use that word, claim it. But you can open up his word and read it and understand it and allow God to move your life. Amen? Amen. Go ahead, John. Egypt out of you. Or let's go, to, let's go to Exodus 6, chapter, verses 2 and 3 first. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I'm not going to, I can't go very, very deep in that. But what God is trying to do is he's, 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 he's revealing something more of himself to Moses. And every time we, we, we understand something about God, every time we go through these things, God reveals more of who he is to me. I no longer think of him as a little G, but a big G, a big God, because he's worked these things out in my life. You say, well, I, I, I got my, uh, my operation thing right the same date I want. That's God, man, that's God. He's working these things out. It gives me more strength, more courage, more fortitude to know that God, no matter how simple it might be to some people, but God says, you want that date? It's no big deal. I know they said two months, but I'm God, and I'll just change something. And that's what God is, Amen. And, and I see God more now than I did before that. And I'm telling you, if you pay attention and you call out to God for these things you want in your life, I don't care how small it is, I don't care how big it is, he'll do it. If it aligns up with God, he'll do it. It says here in verse uh, 3, it says, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but, my, but by my name, Lord, I was known to them. I was not known to them. That's name is, that Lord there is called Yahweh. And there again, once more, it's giving you more of who God is. It's, it's letting you to understand more of who God is. He goes by many different names. And every name is something even more of who he is and wants to be in your life. As God builds fortitude through his favor and grace, we come to comprehend the fact that whatever we have or will go through will never compare to what we are going to. Amen? Amen. Isn't that good? Yeah. Go ahead. i got to get going here. Exodus 6 and 7 here. It says here, Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the, the burdens of the Egyptians. Sometimes I need to be reminded of who the Lord is. He's going to continue to say, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. In your life, when you start to think that, that, that this life is not going the way you want it to go, just understand that God says, I am the Lord of your life. If you allow me to be the Lord of your life, you allow me to grow you, to grow your fortitude, and you'll stand strong no matter what the winds blow at you. Because I am the Lord. He's going to continue to remind us of Moses. Moses needed this. 
He didn't get in there and say, well, I wonder why they don't like me anymore. I don't feel very welcome there anymore. He says, I am Lord. Do as I tell you to do. You quit listening to that junk. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. Nobody else but me. I am the Lord. That's what he tells Moses. That's what he's still telling us today. He is the Lord. Listen to him, folks. Nothing else. I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. There's a rescue and a redemption. He's going to pull you out of Egypt. He wants Egypt out of you. He'll pull you out. He's done it with the cross already. We've got to accept that in our lives. And sin starts to separate from us. We become holy, separate from the world. It's a different world than, than I know. I live in a completely different world than the world. Amen? It's called a secular world. I don't live in a secular world. I live in the God's world, in God's word. He is my Lord. You can't mix them up. And every time we do, we're going to run right back to Egypt because don't it look good? I thought they wanted out of Egypt. I thought you wanted out of Egypt. And the first thing that goes wrong, you want to run back to Egypt? What in the world? Doesn't make any sense. Verse 7, I will take you as my people and I will be your what? Everybody say, your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of Egypt. Go ahead, John. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. This is 1 Peter again. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Now, if I want out of Egypt, I want to stay out of Egypt, i got to pay attention to the words of God. Amen? Amen. i got to do what it says. I can't just do a little bit of what it says. i really got to do what it says. I can't think, well, I'll do that one verse and I'll let the other one go. I'll pick and choose. You can't. That's why the church is a mess today. It wants to take half of Romans and just throw it out. Take that chapter 19 of Genesis about Sodom and Gomorrah and just throw that out. We can't have that in the church. No, no. You've got to have it all. If you don't have it all, then it's not a church. Some of you don't remember that series called Peyton Place? Who's the old folks in here? Just raise your hand up a little bit. Now, Peyton Place was a Peyton Place, wasn't it? And all these young people are saying, what in the world are they talking about? Well, that's that gossip and drama TV stuff. See, we, we, didn't, we didn't have reality TV back in. We had our Peyton Place back in. <laughs> but it's better than any reality TV. You just go to your reality TV, and we had Peyton Place. It's the same thing. It's a crazy world. I can't listen to uh, 30 seconds of that reality. I say, who in the world are these people? How can they even start to think that way? They're nuts. Well, they think we're nuts. Hallelujah. I'm nuts about Jesus Christ. Amen? I'm nuts about the Word of God. Just love it. Just, just love it. It's Okay. Therefore, girt up the loins of your mind. I forgot my belt this morning. I'm currently pulling my pants up all the time. I've got no tail end back here. The Lord gave it all to Vicky. Oh, man, I'm in trouble. Sorry there. I got no tail end. My pants won't stay up, and they all make fun of me all the time. Pull your pants up. That's all I ever hear. I'm like, they think I'm one of them sagging guys that have their pants all down. No, mine's, man, I don't mean to do it. It just won't stay up. I can take a belt and tie it up. It's just hard to stay up, you know. I got too big of a belly and not no tail. It just won't stay up. Huh? Hey, babe, I love you. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Amen? Be sober. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace. Rest your hope fully upon the grace. That is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, it's not a magic wand, is it? 
He brings it to us. He opens it up to us. He allows us to see him work in these small and beautiful and big areas in our life. And you take and you see and you take that in and say, if God can change a date for me, he can do anything. And he will do anything because he loves you. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as you in your arrogance and your ignorance. Amen? There you go. Go ahead, please. We're going to close up. Brooke, you can come on up anytime. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. My salvation came at a high cost. Came at a high cost. Let me ask you something. If we really recognize that it came at a high cost, the blood of God, his son, then why do we trample on it? Why would you trample on it? Why would you keep going back to Egypt? Why would you play with Egypt? Why would you consider any part of Egypt? I'm not looking for a huge church here. If I was looking for a huge church, I could preach that way. I could go around and kiss all your babies' foreheads and preach with all little humbly stuff and funny stuff. And I could do, oh, I could, trust me, I could do it. I'm looking for people that want to grow up with fortitude in Christ. Amen? I'm looking for people that truly want to change the world. And you've got to start right here in Nineveh. I'm looking for people that really believe this really believe it and really to to risk their lives for it to sacrifice for it this is not our home folks we're passing through now i'd like to have be the engine there god's my fuel there's no doubt about it and i like to have a long train behind me full of people amen keep trucking keep going never stop one day we'll get to heaven You'll look back and there'll be strangers coming up to you and saying, you remember that time you told me just a, a word or two about God? You remember that time you, you gave me a wonderful smile and said, God bless you? That changed my life. I wanted to know why somebody would say that to me. Wow. You think that's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Strangers that you never knew but maybe you touched in a special way. And it caused them to open up the word of God and grab hold. We don't have to know whatever happens to everybody. We just go and do what God's telling us. Amen? Amen? Go and be. This is the church in Philadelphia. I'm just going to read these two verses before we're going to close. The Philadelphia church is the, is the church that Jesus Christ, he just loves this church. There's seven churches, and in most of them, he just really just, whew, he lets them have it. But this church is different. This church is doing it right. It's just to the church of Philadelphia. It says, I know your works. See, there's that word see again. I have set before you an open door. Amen? You got an open door of faith, an open door of, of fortitude. It's just waiting for you to go through. He said, I, I set an open door before you. And no one can shut it. Amen? No one can shut it. It's up to you to go through it. No one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word. How much strength did they have? The world was a mess back then, about like it is now. But they had a little strength. What can God do with a little strength? A lot. A little strength. I've kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan. Listen to this now. Verse 9. I find this verse intriguing. Indeed, I will make those the synagogue of Satan who, who say they are Jews or say that they are, everybody say Christians. To say they are Jews or say they are Christians. And are, everybody say, not. But lie 
Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your what? Feet. Now, I don't look forward to that at all. Not at all. That would be a prideful thing. But yet it reads that way, doesn't it? Who, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I make them come and worship before your feet and to know, the, and to know that I have what? Loved you. Loved you. There's a separation. When God pulled Hebrews out of Egypt, there was a separation. All those people in Egypt had to give up their silver and their gold, their cattle, their livestock, anything that was worth anything, they had to let it go and give it to God's people. Do you see a correlation? They had to give it to God's people. They didn't have any choice over it. By a strong hand, God did it. For you that are struggling with the word of God and the truth of God, for you that have kind of set back and not doing anything anymore or whatever it is going on in your life, I'm just going to ask you why. You let drama, you let some kind of drama get in your way. You're paying attention to man. You ain't paying attention to God. You're just flat paying attention to man. You need to get away from that junk. You need to pay attention to God. Let him be the sole provider of your faith. Amen? The so, everybody say sole provider. Sole provider of your faith. Not, your, not any church, not any man, but God. And you allow him to grow the fortitude in your life to stand on strong, tough ground that nothing can blow you away. Nothing. We'll have an amazing church. Amen. We're going to have people come and go all the time, and the harder I preach, the more they're going to run like little scared rabbits. They never were here. They never were here. Just here in body only. Get your souls ready. Amen? Amen? You want to learn about the Word of God? Dig deep. Dig deep and trust God. Words for the week. Don't give up. How many times you hear me say? How many times you hear me say that, church? Don't give up, even when everything says go back. That's what Egypt wants. It wants you to go back. It wants you to come back and enjoy what you cried to get out of. Don't go back. Let God take Egypt out of you. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, I thank you for the message, Father. I thank you for your love and your just the joy that you put in our hearts, Father. Father, as we come before you and, and take communion, we, we ask, Father, that our hearts be clean. That, Lord, if there's part of Egypt, any part of Egypt in me, then when you would reveal that to me, that I may leave it at your feet and go forward with the fortitude that you want me to have. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you're a child of God, if you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome at these tables.